Here we go. I'm Dave Johnson. This is the WTOP Huddle. Glad you found us with Rob Woodford, Christian, Dave Preston. I think George Wallace is already headed to the beach. That's what happens this time of year. We'll have, connect with George next week. But you can't go to the beach now on the Washington Wizards because they're still very much in the NBA playoffs. Uh, I'll just start with the Wizards team. That, that first game of the series reminded us why the Wizards are in the playoffs. They can compete with the very best. They had a chance to win game one even though, and this is not about the officiating, but even though the Sixers got to the line 33 times, the Wizards only got to the line 15 times. Uh, but it was also a reminder that, quite frankly, the Sixers are the better team. So when Russell Westbrook said, before the playoffs started, let's go see if we can shock the world, this would be that kind of upset in this first-round series because, uh, let's face it, the 76ers are built to win now. They have a built-to-win now head coach, Doc Rivers, who I've always thought was one of the best in the game. Joel Embiid, when he does that the fade off one foot right of the lane, and he's seven feet tall, nobody can guard that. So uh, it's not impossible for the Wizards to knock off the 76ers. They have shown they can compete, uh, but it's going to be very difficult because the 76ers are the better team. With that, we'll begin with you, Mr. Preston. In between sportscast, you're showing the kind of pace the Wizards need to show in this playoff series. Well, I mean, I think anytime you've got guards who can make things happen at both ends of the floor, you're in good shape. Bradley Beal, 33 points in the game one loss. Uh, Russell Westbrook, a double-double, 16 points, 14 boards. He's able to – I'm not saying that he's going to get triple-doubles every you know throughout the rest of this series, but – they're both they're both catalysts uh, offensively for this team and they can shoot they can score you back into a series what i liked was you had other guys scoring as well on uh, netto had 17 uh, i think in order for this team to be good you're going to need to get davis bertans making four of eight from three-point range you're going to need to get gafford uh, double figures as well uh, they did everything really this past sunday but win the game i think turnovers were an issue they had I think uh, 16, and they led to maybe 15 points or something along those lines for Philly. They need to take better care of the ball, but uh, this is definitely a winnable series, but it's definitely a series. It's also a series that they can't go into Wednesday's game thinking it's a winnable series. They have to go into Wednesday's game saying, we need to get this one. We need to go back to Washington, where it's now 50% capacity at Capital One Arena. They need to go back to D.C., tied at one because you go back 0-2 you're likely going to see a gentleman's sweep of five games series and by the way if the, when I saw that 50% in Philadelphia on Sunday I thought that's the kind of 50% 100% I wanted it looked, it looked like it was filled but maybe that's just my uh, COVID eyes are playing tricks on me Christian your thoughts this series the Wizards they can compete but but what do they have to do going forward what they have to do going forward is Man, uh, it's going to be tough for them because, Dave, I think you kind of nailed it when you said that the Sixers are the better basketball team. And to me, they didn't even play with that much intensity or enthusiasm, let's say, like compared to the Suns and the Lakers game. That Suns uh, home court was just like phenomenal how they were getting into them, willing them. And it almost happened with the Knicks, too, against the Hawks. But I don't know. I, I, I think the Sixers were able to win despite them not taking the Wizards as seriously as they may have needed to. And for Washington, um, what do you need to do to win? You have the two best, uh, two of the arguable best guards in the East. Uh, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, those two guys need to be the key contributors. I heard Dave mention a bunch of guys like Gafford and Neto and whatnot. They are complementary pieces. They're going to need to be big on the defensive side of the floor, which Washington doesn't ex exactly excel at, but 
this is a team that runs through two guys. We know who they are, and those two guys need to step up and make baskets more so than Philadelphia does. Rob? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a glass half full, glass half empty sort of uh, view of it. On the good side, yeah, you were playing close to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, even though you didn't have your A game. Because remember, Westbrook didn't shoot the ball well. He, I, I didn't like his shot selection overall. And, uh, and he turned the ball over six times. On the negative side, the Sixers didn't bring their A game either. Embiid was in foul trouble in the first half. He was, I'm not going to say a non-factor, but he wasn't necessarily dominating in that first half. But then Tobias Harris goes off for 28 points. So to me, that was a missed opportunity. In that first half, you could have gone into the half up double digits uh, and, and taken advantage of that period in which Embiid wasn't dominating. In the second half, he dominated, and that was the difference in the game. And that's why, you know, this is uh, this is going to be a tough matchup for the Wizards. And to not take game one, that might have been their best opportunity to steal one in Philadelphia. So it feels like a missed opportunity above all else for me. Yeah, no, and the Tobias Harris, that's the story. He only had seven points in the in the second half. Had they neutralized him, done a better job. Uh, was it defensive scheme? Was it, you know, Rui Hachimura's first ever playoff game? I'm not trying to put this blame on him, but just. Right, and he was uh, hot. And he was hot. I mean, he was knocking down the shots. I mean, right, that, that's right. not going to happen every game. But yeah. there has to be more resistance. Some of those shots he was right. making was runners in the lane. Uh, and, and that became and, a missed opportunity. But uh, I, I think, think it's also it. fair to point out, it's Rui Hachimura's first, uh, right. first playoff well, that, game. Right, and a number of guys were playing in their first playoff game. So that's what feels like a missed opportunity there is that, uh, it, it, I mean, they have an excuse for losing the game, obviously. But also it just feels like a missed opportunity because, again, you're not going to get Embiid in foul trouble every single game. I don't know that that's something that you can rely on each and every contest. And even if you foul him a lot on the other side of the corner, the problem is that guy makes his free throws. Makes his free throws. He's an 84% free throw shooter. <laughs> Go ahead and foul Ben Simmons and don't let him get 15 offensive re or 15 rebounds. That 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 is the key. And, and Dave, I think you hit it. Uh, and I know this is Philadelphia's concern. Their concern, Davis Bertans, just goes nuts. And that turns a game. And that somehow this combination of Robin Lopez, Alex Len, and Daniel Gafford, whether it's uh, through the 18 fouls they can uh, dish out or whatever, they can somehow slow Joel Embiid down. But either way, uh, again, Russell Westbrook said we're going to try to shock the world. And uh, he's got the right philosophy. And if anybody's you're going to follow into shocking the world, it, it's Russell Westbrook. Any other thoughts on this Wizard series before we move on? I just think it's great to have playoff basketball this year after a two-year absence, after, uh, you know, after what, how the John Wall era ended uh, with injuries and various and sundry other things, the, the sweep a few years ago uh, to Toronto where it looked as though the wheels were coming off then. Uh, it's, it, it's good to have, I mean, Washington, D.C. is a great basketball town. We know that it's a high school hotbed for hoops. We know it's got, you know, some great college basketball history as well but when when the wizards slash bullets are playing well this is a great place to follow a, a team into june or into may at least for the uh, playoffs all right we want to be following the capitals into june i guess next year uh, and why not we think alex ovechkin will it's his team as peter laviolette said he'll get a contract extension i fully believe that dave presto i'll start with you though uh, look young goaltenders uh why not another stanley cup runner what's your feeling I think it's unfortunate the way that this era is playing out. I mean, and the thing is, 
it's a couple of years ago with Noah Frank, we were talking about the NCAA tournament and picks gone awry. It's, it's easier to do the autopsy than to do the diagnosis. And three years ago, when they won the Stanley Cup, there were those who said, you know what, you really need to keep uh, Coach Barry Trotz around. And unfortunately, they opted to go in a different direction. Uh, there were moves that they made within that first year, uh, letting some guys who were younger, uh, they, they, they put their eggs in the basket of Evgeny Kuznetsov. And I thought that the team with 32 points in the playoffs, there were those who thought that he very well could have been the Conn Smythe Trophy winner, the MVP in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. Wasn't the case. Ovi got the award. No problem with that. But it looks as though Kuznetsov has regressed the last three years. And the guy that we thought he was going to be, he's not that guy. And you look at how this team has gone. Since they took a 2-0 series lead against Carolina two years ago, they've lost 12 of 15 playoff games. And they've lost heartbreakers. They've lost one-goal games. The one that really sticks with me was the game four last Friday night where it just it, – it looked like old legs guarding young. It looked like they were skating uphill the entire time. And when you score – this has been a team, yes, under Barry Trotz and even under Coach Reardon, they've been a little bit more defensively minded. But this is a team that can outscore opponents. And to score just 10 goals – over a five game span. And it's actually less than two goals per game because you count the overtime for 60 minute block. They scored less than two goals per uh, contest. That's very disappointing. And you wonder what's going to happen this off season because you've got Ovi, you've got Oshi, you've got Carlson, you've got Baxter. Those are four guys who are all in their thirties, but guys who you really can't imagine parting with without going into a deep rebuild. And it, it, the question is, can you build the right pieces around these guys? Because unlike any other sport, you the best player, unless he's the goaltender, has to come off the field and play slash ice every 50 seconds. It's village to win the Stanley Cup. It took one a few years ago. It, it looked like they had somewhat of a village with that fourth line that was really contributing this year and some other guys, the defensive pairs. Unfortunately, they need to, they need to find the right mix. And I don't know with the four guys who are getting this old if they can do that. All right, we'll take that answer as a maybe. That is, is going <laughs> yeah. I think they, lots I mean, of lots to unpack. There on, really is, and while you said the autopsy, but, but, right, they, but that's why the expansion draft, whether they hold on to Kuznetsov, whether they protect him, that's going to send to me a big message about what's going on uh, with this team because uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov is not taking that next step, and maybe it is time to move on. Chris, my, we move on to, I'm sorry, Rob. My, my my question is: Is a rebuild a bad thing? I think a rebuild would be a good, uh, this is a good time to do it because you are old and that became apparent during that uh, first round series loss is. But you, do you do it, but do you do it at this stage of Ovechkin's career? I mean, I, I don't see what choice you have because trying to, I mean, they, the moves that they've made recently have been to win now moves. And if you keep making, you know, what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result. They keep making these, uh, win now moves and then bowing out in the first round of the playoffs. And so that's who they are at this point, because the, the Stanley cup run is the one outlier throughout the, the last decade. They go out, uh, they win president's cups. 
uh, they, you know, set scoring records and all of this, and then bow out early in the playoffs. I mean, this is kind of who they are. And I know the NHL playoffs are, are a, sort of a different animal in that uh, it's, it's a little more random than it is in, say, the NBA or the NFL. But, you know, this, this is a team that was assembled to contend on an annual basis and has disappointed more often than not. So I would think, and especially when you have patient ownership, uh, that you go ahead and and uh, and pull the plug on this, and uh, even with Ovechkin uh, at this stage of his career, um, you know he can still be the face of the franchise. He and uh, and Backstrom, I know, but they need to find who the next Ovechkin and Backstrom is right. because oh, that, that, was, and- that was once upon a time a young core that was able to grow together and turn into an eventual champion. They need to find another young core, and right now they're just piecemealing a team together full of old guys thinking that they're going to contend when in reality they have not. And it's a, it's a tough call. And, and it's like uh, Craig Lachlan shared with us that, okay, you, you keep the Ovechkin, et cetera, but the economic Michael, it's gotta be time to let him loose. He's a guy, their draft pick from 2019 that's had success at the juniors minors uh, and the minors, a guy who's not minor. He's major. He's Christian. Go ahead. Give us a hip check on this. I'm back and forth on the so-called old team and needing to rebuild. They just lost to a Boston team whose perfection line has uh, Patrice Bergeron, who's 35 years old, and Brad Marchand, 33. I mean, that's basically on par with Ovechkin, Backstrom. And they have a young goaltender with Washington. I just personally think that the moment was a little bit too big for Samsonov. You didn't have Vanacek because uh, – and Samsonov didn't play poorly – but there are such things as being able to make the key save in the moment. And he didn't do that. I mean, I just watched the Florida Panthers 20 year old goalie Spencer Knight. He lit up the first goal against the defending Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning. He saved every single one of them after that huge stops on power plays came up with the big save when needed and kept his team alive. That was not there with the goaltending. Um, I made a call for Craig Anderson because that was the only game they won in the series was when Craig Anderson finished it. And the comments afterward from guys like TJ Oshie were, we felt confidently because we knew Craig's experience back there. Now he let go of a really bad goal in that second game. And I think that's kind of when things turned and it said, all right, um, it's time to go with the younger, more spry Samsonov. But to me, the goaltending just wasn't there, and that's what takes to win playoff hockey. But it is very encouraging to hear that Ovechkin does, and the management wants to sign the extension because he is the face of the franchise. He will attract talent potentially in the offseason. Guys will want to come here and play with him. And so you got to get that nucleus done. I, I keep hearing TJ Oshie getting exposed to the – Kraken, but TJ Oshie has said he doesn't want to go anywhere either. So I don't think they need to blow it up. I just want to see some younger pieces maybe come in here, blending in and maybe like a second line, really solid score because who did you really feel that great about? I mean, like Lars Eller, I mean, solid, um, but, but I didn't feel like really confidently that the second line was going to score enough, especially in the playoffs. All right. And because uh, that's up to the Kraken. I, I think that's going to happen. And Chris, uh, you get the extra credit for the Spencer Knight reference. I didn't see that coming today. Dave, do you have time for one final thought yes. on anything? I uh, w- want to talk a little baseball. Uh, Nationals coming off a huge home sweep of the Orioles this past weekend. Uh, guys are starting to hit. I think with team, nobody's hitting for average this year. You're looking at guy, but uh, Trey Turner's bat, uh, Starling Castro, Kyle Schwarber's bats are coming alive. Same with Josh Bell. 
Also, you look at uh, Max Scherzer, who's been lights out in ERA under two since the beginning of May. Uh, it looks like the Nats are finally getting in gear after a very slow start. All right, Chris, you want to jump back on the, the baseball chart? You know, again, look at that's that's how WTLP works. Flash Preston going to do a sports catch. You're, you're seeing this. It's a walk off. It's a walk off. <laughs> Uh, I would just add with the Nationals, yeah, they are certainly coming about. Their bats are. And the pitching staff, Max Scherzer, just I, – I had reservations about him before the season, just thinking this guy's a little bit older and he is going to maybe lose an, a, a step or two on that fastball. Nope, he is still pumping it just as hard. He's locating his pitches and he's shutting down hitters. He'll still give up the occasional home run, but uh, – he has been outstanding. And Strasburg coming off the injured list and having a good start, too. Absolutely feel good about the Nats um, next over the next couple of weeks. And how about that clubhouse? Davey Martinez is uh, running as he, he has Juan Soto apologized to the teams yeah. after, after he didn't uh, run out of pop-up on, on Sunday. And that was that was uh, in a victory. So uh, 1-0 every day is, is still alive and well with Davey Martinez. Rob? I mean, they need to go one and zero for just two games, and they'll be in first place. I mean, they—it's the shortest distance between last place and first place in the entire league by a wide margin. It's incredible—a last place team, two games out of first place. Um, I'm actually talking about a team that went uh, worst to first, the Washington Football Team. Uh, they're at o they're at OTAs now, the organized team activities, and uh, right now there is a lot of talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers getting out of the Packers. Now, a lot of people draw uh, lines. Anytime there's a quarterback available, uh, they throw Washington in it. I would be out on Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to surprise some people. But he's, uh, he's going on, what, 37, 38 years old. He's a guy who has interests outside of football, which is okay. But, you know, he could retire within the next couple of years, and that's very, very plausible. Not, not everybody's going to play until they're 45, like uh, Tom Brady's talking about. So uh, what it would take to get that, uh, you know, unless you're just giving up a couple of young pieces from the defense that you're not going to be able to re-sign anyway, I don't know that you're going to be able to pay that premium price. And if you're going to pay that premium price, uh, you, you'd want somebody a lot younger than 38 um, so if, uh, if, if push comes to shove there in green Bay and they start shopping Aaron Rodgers, Washington should have hard pass on that. And, and am I only one excited about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because you look at his resume and you think, wow, what could he do in DC? Because he's one of the most unique players. You just throw him into any situation and he'll bridge a gap and he'll, you know, a miracle come back in and, and, and help well, you a young quarterback and move on. You look at his resume, I'll look at his beard. But the, 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 but the main thing is the main thing is their receiving core has very quietly become uh, less of a weakness and more of a strength now. I really like the Curtis Samuel signing. And uh, a couple of these rookies uh, sound like they're still pretty, uh, doing pretty well here. So I, 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 like, their, uh, I like their chances to uh, be a little bit more explosive on the offensive side of the ball, especially in the passing game. All right, Chris. Well said, Rob. I absolutely think that the Washington receiving core is definitely a strength here. And we're already here. And, um, you know, how much stock do I put into OTA Twitter and Ryan Fitzpatrick is slinging it to Terry McLaurin deep? I mean, everybody's slinging it in shorts. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can look good when you're not getting pressured by. Uh, a Von Miller type or even a Chase Young type chasing after you, no doubt. But Washington is a destination now. I mean, 
it's just funny to hear them talked about as a contender, right? I mean, because you see all these different uh, polls, like where could Aaron Rodgers end up? He wants to go to a contender. Washington's like at the top of that list. So it's just um, when you build through defense, this is the byproduct, right? And they think that, you know, we, we finally have gotten some defensive picks here that have worked out and have been stalwarts, been able to cover and stop the run and get after the quarterback. Again, I will keep saying there was no team, in my opinion. I mean, I know the Packers were just like, should have went for the touchdown, but Washington was 50 yards away from getting a touchdown and, t- and tying the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So again, you know, optimism with the Nats. I've got it with the Washington football team as well. All right. Uh, we're running out of time here before they start to charge me. And you can tell I've worn this shirt every WTLP huddle. I don't have the money <laughs> to pay for it. Dave Preston, you've got the, the hustle coming back from the sportscast. We'll give you the final word on whatever's on your mind. Okay. Oh, well, congratulations to Brenda Freeze, Maryland women's basketball coach, signs a contract extension through 2026, 2027. Uh, coaching basketball, men or women's uh, game, it's it's often a, a suitcase career. Uh, and for her to be uh, here, she'll be here over 25 years when her contract expires. Congratulations to her. Also, uh, you know, OTAs, uh, I take everything with a grain of salt with the Burgundy and Gold. I've yet to hear a coach during OTAs come on and say, you know what, we're absolutely god-awful, with the exception of maybe Jim Mora back in the day where we couldn't do a thing. Or John McKay, the box coach, was like, we couldn't block, and we uh, complimented it by not being able to tackle. So <laughs> I'm, I'm optimistic. My, my uh, burgundy and gold glass is half full. I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to grow. Uh, last year's team was much better than I thought it would be, and you would think that even if they don't you know, uh, win nine or ten games this upcoming season, you think that they'll still be a little bit better because the NFL, unlike – uh, other sports, it's 16 snapshots. So the, the quality of team isn't – often it is what the record is, as Bill Parcells say, your record is what you say you are. But often a team can be better than their record actually shows that they are or worse. Right. But I think this team will be better uh, even if their record doesn't show. Now, was that Parcells' quote? I thought that was uh, – I'm getting confused. Who's quoting I think that was him. I could be wrong. Dennis there we go. Parcells. It was Parcells. Yeah. Well, what was the, who was the guy, Dennis Green? What was his quote? Oh, oh, they are who thought they were. All right, there we go. That's I got my uh, you know <laughs> verbs messed up. I mean, yeah, it's the coaching rants, man. I right. mean, it's, you know, there, there's and so many good ones with me, guys. <laughs> and, and and I am who I am, which I can never get a story straight. And that's a good time to stop the WTOP. Hey, from Rob Woodford, Chris Chian. I'm gonna bring notes like Dave Preston does. We'll see you next week, and thanks for the time. Break. <laughs>